You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here. Welcome to the Drinks with Tony show. Today, my guest is Peter Stom. Check out his new book, It's Getting Dark, translated from German by Michael Hoffman. Peter's been translated into 30, more than 30 languages. And when you hear that, you just think to yourself, how? And I wanna, and why can't I? And then the envy subsides quickly, and you just want to hug him and thank him. Thank you, Peter. It's a wonderful spring day here in Los Angeles, and I just got back with a, a chat with my a student from my novel class last year, and we were we were talking about sensi- sensitivity editors, and how in the hell did we come to a time where there are sensitivity editors at publishers? It's also something Peter and I chat about in this interview. And then I wonder, who the hell wants to be a sensitivity editor? We're writers. We're novelists. People should be offended. Feelings should be hurt. That's what leads to honest discussion, or mainly that's what leads to honest writing in general, writing truth. So anyone writing writing to please a sensitivity editor is doing it all completely wrong. Vote no on sensitivity editors. I wish we could vote on this. And you know there's probably already sensitivity editors certification programs, and it'll be a career path for some useless souls who crave destroying the fabric of storytelling. Hey, Tony, it kind of seems like you have a lot of uh, opinion on this. A little bit. Thanks for asking. Hi, I'm Peter Stam, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Peter Stom. His new book is called It's Getting Dark. Peter, how are you? I'm fine. Great, thanks. It's it's evening here, so my working day is already over. Yeah. This is only the beginning. Exactly. And you said you're in Slovakia? Yeah, yeah. I did some readings here. Yeah. So what's your, what's your reading schedule uh, like currently? Because it, it's great. I mean, it's, it's so glad to hear reading schedules happening because a lot of the state's uh, book authors are just doing Zoom in events and not really traveling too much. So. Yeah, this one we had to postpone like three times, I think. But finally, it, it happens. And, and uh, I had like two readings yesterday and the day before, and I'll have one tomorrow in Bratislava. Oh, that's and there are actually cool. people. There are actually people coming. They have to wear masks. I don't have to. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, fun. Now, when you're reading to a room and t- and discussing your book with people who have masks on, is that is that kind of hard because you can't quite get their uh, reaction? Um, it's it's okay. I mean, my, the, the guy who's sitting on with me on stage, who does the, the main main part of the talk, is is without a mask. And then it's mainly students in the in the in the audience. And I mean, it's better if they have no masks. But uh, if I get them with masks, that's better than Zoom, isn't it? So much better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're students. We don't need to see their faces anyway. So <laughs> we shouldn't see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Is that like um? So is is it or is it more kind of at universities and stuff too that you're? No, it's actually public events, but but. Uh, as uh, there are mostly students and professors who come 
Yeah. Oh, wow. My translator is a professor, so uh, I think it's many of his friends and and uh, students and, and colleagues who actually come to the. I, I'll see tomorrow because it's in Bratislava, so it might be a bit more diverse the audience. Right. Right. Oh, so the um, is the translator the same translator that translated your book, or no? Yeah, but in into Slovakian, not into English, obviously. Oh wow! How, <laughs> how many how many languages were you translated to in this one? Uh, Thirty nine, I think. That's fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> and you you've been translated by, across the board on many many of your books, yeah. How do you mean across the board? Uh, that's that's a very good question. What do I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my my lack of English. It's not. No, it's, it's fine. Not it's good. fine. No, no, it means um like with through with like with all of your books, they've all been uh, translated to uh, a lot of languages. Yes, is that? Yeah, but I mean, not all of them have. I I think the most translated was translated to twenty five languages. So mm. there are some languages where you only have one book, and and uh, I have a book in Mongolian, but only a children's book. I have an, one in Thai, but that's only a short story collection. Strangely, I have one in Ukrainian. Just came out a few months ago. So, uh, oh wow! Yeah, wait, you're translated into Mongolian. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. That, that's that's going deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I can't even read it because it's a different uh, writing. And uh, mm. when was when was when your first book came out? And then you, what was the first um, foreign language for you that was, because uh, because you, because you're, when you're, because you, you're, all your originals are in German, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what was the first one that, that wasn't German where you just, where you like opened it up and went, oh my God, this, this, this isn't another language. I think that was the French one. And this one I could more or less read. So okay. French and English I can read, but all the others I, I can't, I hardly yeah. I yeah. just trust them that it's actually my books, but I'm, I'm not sure. Right, right. So what's the first one you saw where it was just like, it looked like Mongolian to you? <laughs> well, no, the French one I, I got quite well, but it, it was strange to read a text and know it's my story, but it's not written by me because it's written yeah. by Translator, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's a lot of trust that you have to put into your translator to that it's actually conveyed yeah you have to be kind to them i try to be kind i i offer them to help if they have questions they can always call me or, or write to me yeah and some of them do yeah but basically translators are nice people i mean they are uh, usually in the shadows so they they are very um, not very i mean they don't get much credit for for their works so uh, if you treat them well they are very grateful <laughs> to, yeah have you heard of uh, authors who treat their translators bad and find out that they totally screwed up the book? <laughs> I don't know, no. But there is one author, uh, a Brazilian bestseller author, and people say that all his translations are better than the original because no no translator dares to write as bad as he. So uh, well, oh, I love it, can, it can also happen the other way that that the translation is better than the, the original. Interesting. All I need is a translator and my work will get better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Might happen. <laughs> um, and, um, how many books have you published? Because you, you have a long uh, 
long list. Yeah, it's it's like eight novels, uh, four or five collections of short stories. So that would make thirteen, and then some children's books and the book of place and uh yeah so it's like maybe 15 i love it i love i love that you don't know because it's so cool because you have so many (laughs) yeah you stop counting and there are some i mean i did text for quite a few books and then you're not sure is that your book or is it some somebody else's book i mean right collections or i did a book with a photographer and so it's mainly his book not mine and yeah Uh uh-huh what was it, what was your first first book? Was, was your first book a novel? No, actually, the the first book was a, a quite a crazy thing. It was a, a quite a small thing, and it was in it was like like a chicken soup for the soul, <laughs> some, some this this kind of thing, and it was about men. I wrote a book about all all about men. Oh, what what about men? Because I need to figure out my own manhood. Uh, yeah, you would have to read the book, but it's not translated, unfortunately. Right, it's, great. It's, so I'm glad I got you here. I need all the help I can get. It's all the, the truth about men, yeah. But it was quite silly, to be honest. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Wait, well, what what's what's a what's a silly what's a silly truth that actually has a lot of truth to it? But um, about men? Yeah, yeah. Well, for example, that that the strong sex is, is women are the strong sex, and and men are the romantic, the romantics, not women are romantics. So, so this kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, what else? And that it's some kind of silent agreement between men and women that women pretend that men are strong, and uh, <laughs> so they can they can lead lead them. <laughs> There's truth to that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um. Yeah, because I mean, that's the that's the question that plagues us all. And 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 you're like going, wait, I didn't come here to discuss the first book I wrote. How many years ago? <laughs> it's like, but yeah, but I, I'm 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 uh, but you know, the truth about the like the differences between men and women, and and then how we we act kind of a little differently with uh with each other where women will pretend like we're a little stronger than we are i think that happens a lot yeah yeah and, and there is also a part about that men and women are not th- that different after all i mean we share like 98 percent of our genes with chimpanzees so uh-huh. uh so there is not even a big difference between us and and apes so why should there be such a big difference between men and women i mean there are all kinds of men and all kinds of women See, I, I need that book translated into English. I think that would help my <laughs> love life so much. I, I talk to my, I talk to my, just like, yeah, yeah, my, uh, or, or may, yeah, or just like, or just translate it on your own. If you can just call me and like afterwards and just like, okay. oh yeah, yeah, oh, we this, let this, yeah, let exactly. This program do it. Uh, yeah. What's what's his name? The the, the automatic translator. Yeah. Right. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. all the help I can get. When the, when you wrote that book. And then that book came out. What, what was I mean? Were you, were you already writing before that book came out? Like, when did you? Yeah, yeah. When did you know you were a writer? Like, when did it feel like you were going? Oh wait, I'm actually a writer. I didn't know that I was a writer, but I decided I wanted to become a writer when I was like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So a long time ago, almost 40 years ago. And then I just worked and and wrote and and but I, there wasn't a certain specific point where I said now I'm a writer yeah I know I remember that I had my first book published and I went to the book fair in Frankfurt and then there was an older author and he told me 
you will be a writer when you have published seven books. Not now. You're not a writer yet. So uh, in the meantime, I have published seven books, so I guess I'm a writer, yeah. Well, that's kind of soul-crushing to tell someone who has their first book at the Frank Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what did you... He was a nice guy. Yeah. He was a nice guy, but, but that wasn't a nice thing to say to me. Yeah, because I mean, the I mean, getting one, getting a, anything published is a huge accomplishment, mm. and then to say, "Oh yeah, you got to do this six more times, and then you're a writer." Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> mm. And I mean, it took me from my decision that I wanted to become a writer to actually publishing my first book. It took me like fifteen years. So I was already quite tired when I arrived there. And yeah. This guy was saying to me, well, there is a lot of lot more work to do until you're a writer. Yeah, he does have a good point. And I and did you realize, you know, going back when you were like 20, did you realize it would take that long to have your first book published? Or did you think it was going to come out the gate a lot quicker? No, I I probably thought it would be faster but I mean I didn't I wasn't lazy in, in this time I, I studied I, I wrote uh, did a lot of journalism I wrote radio plays I I did a lot of things oh. in this time so I wasn't I wasn't lazy but it was just the first book took that long oh cool what got you into radio plays it was a contest there was a contest for radio plays and I thought why not try and, and I tried it and then I wrote a play and they called me and said, well, it's impossible to do that on radio, but it's not bad. So, so let's talk about doing something else. And then, uh, and then they invited me to try and, and do something. And I wrote about a dozen of radio plays. Fun. Hmm? You know, it's so interesting that with podcasts today, like radio plays are coming back in a huge way. Scripted, yeah, scripted yeah. radio. Who knew? Hmm? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, did, I even did a, a kind of a, an event with, with Radio Place like 20 years ago, where we played Radio Place in a cinema for 24 hours, all kinds of things like like crime fiction stuff and and also like very experimental stuff, children's stuff. So it's a it's a it's a beautiful form in a way. Yeah. It, it lets it, that's that's the beauty of it but you know it's like there's there's the reading which is just so immersive for the um for the reader that they can you know put themselves there then 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 the audio they can kind of create the scene in their heads which is usually mm. better than what a film can do and then yeah, yeah. you know it's, but, and it's it's quite close to filmmaking in a way because you also you make cuts you have scenes and and you can uh change places quickly. It's not like theater. It's more closer to, to film than to theater, I, I would say. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, wow. And there is a lot of experimental stuff, really interesting stuff that, that's completely crazy, but, but, uh, mm -hmm. but interesting. At, at the cinema, was there something to watch or was it completely dark and people were there uh, without the visual? Uh, we just had the title of the piece on, on the screen. Oh. Yeah. So there would be a little little bit of light, like blue blue light, I think, and then people would actually come there, and we had like things that took like five hours. People would actually stay in the cinema and listen for five hours to to that play. It was amazing. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. it, 
and it's it's how radio plays you know it's so cool that we can listen to it you know or nowadays on like uh or ipods or whatever the walkman mm-hmm. i guess the sony walk we got the sony walkman of now but to, yeah. to, to to listen to it with a group of people and again the, the the reaction is so different if when you're in mm-hmm. a group setting yeah and and the audio was very good because it was a cinema they had a good audio yeah. uh, system so uh it's different from listening with with your your pieces yeah mm-hmm. when you when you got that seventh book published, did you get in touch with that author and go, hey, I'm <laughs> no, a ro- I didn't, no? <laughs> no. I've, I've actually never met him again. So oh, I don't oh. even know if he has published seven books. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe oh, he's not really? a writer. I don't know. See, maybe no, I guess he, he has. He might be yeah. projecting onto you his own inadequacy as a writer. Could be. Could be. Yeah. No, he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's the thing about. Um, when you when you become an author and you start to like you get access to people who are you know you're huge fans of um i mean that's that's what you know that's what happened to me i'm i'm st- i still haven't got my second book published so i got six mm-hmm. bucks until i'm a writer which okay. um, you'll have to tell me his name because i want to get in touch with him you know we could do it after the interview i want to get in touch with him on my seventh and go hey i'm a writer now dot now dot I'm dot right. and he'll be like who is this and why do i care mm-hmm. But um, I don't know where I was going. Oh, but you, it's, it's intriguing to get feedback from uh, authors that I've like read for years and was just a fan of. And then all of a sudden people are coming up to you at book festivals and going, I really liked your book. And, and you're going, hmm. how can you, are you kidding? I've been a huge fan of yours for years. Why, why are you coming hmm. up to me? Do you, did you have, do you remember experiences like that or still get experiences like that in this game? There, yeah, mainly one Swiss, Swiss writer that I admire a lot and he's maybe, he, he died now in the meantime, but he was like maybe 20 years older than I am. And, and uh, he wrote to me that he liked my books and I was very, very happy with that because I admired his books. Who was that? Uh, he's called Markus Werner. Yeah. I'm not even sure. I think one of his books was translated into English. A great, great uh, person and great author. Yeah, yeah. And then, so when you got the letter, do you get in touch with him and go, "Hey, I'll come yeah, have- we actually met. Good. We met a few times, and he's uh, he's a very funny guy, very special." Yeah. I um, I don't, there's this author, uh, Lee Goodkin, um, Goodkind, and. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, he lives in Pittsburgh, and I and his last book that came out was about him turning eighty years old, and then and we you know talked during pandemic, and I'm like I gotta go have lunch with you, so now that travel is opening up again, next time I go to New York, I'm taking a I'm taking a flight to Pittsburgh. To, I'm just like mm-hmm. I gotta go have lunch with that guy, mm-hmm. just to just to you know because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go ahead. Uh, no, <laughs> no, me. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you're on the road now. Um, when you're on the road, um, it, it's great. They're putting you up in hotels and mm-hmm. that, uh, so, and then, so how long, how long are you on the road for this book? Well, this one is not for this book. This one is for another book that I published, uh, 12, 13 years ago, because translations sometimes come much later. So this book was translated two years ago in Slovakian, but it came out in German in 2009, which is always a bit difficult because I have to get back into that book 
to to talk to people and uh, but it happens all the time so uh, I'm switching books all the time and for the, now this trip is only like five days and the next week I'll be in Germany and I'll also have a reading in Switzerland on Saturday with my current book so it's uh, yeah I, I switch books all the time do you have to read your previous book to kind of get back in the mindset of it or do you remember no no yeah I never read my books again never yeah. do that that's uh, why you're so that's I why just, you're well go ahead <laughs> I, I just trust uh, that I still have it in mind more or less but but it happens it happened two days ago here that my translator spoke to me about the book and I didn't remember something that he mentioned so uh can be a bit embarrassing but yeah I think he knows my book that book much better now because he has just translated it two years ago and yeah. uh for me it's it's quite far away makes sense I, I even because I it's I thought you know I used to think authors read their books after they were published but you just can't it's, no. it's done Exactly. Yeah. It's not interesting to read them again. Yeah. I do it at readings, obviously, for, for other people, but I would never go back to a book and, and, uh, and read it again. It's just, uh, I, there is anyway that you have much too little time to read. So why should I read my books? Because I know them already. I'd rather read some, someone else's books. It, 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 it almost feels incestuous in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Also a bit weighing in a way. I mean, reading your book and I think, wow, this is really great what I did there. That's, yeah. No, no, you don't do that. No, I, I had, I had to do that to adapt um, my book to a screenplay. So I had to read it two years after I had to read, not only read it, but I had to um, adapt it, um, mm -hmm. which was very disconcerting and I will never do again. Um, That's what I said when I, yeah, I did that once and I said the same thing. I'll never do that again. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I did it. I did. I did it with my first book, and uh, it never. The film was made ten years later, but not my screenplay was used, and I hated it because yeah, couldn't she survive instead of dying? And I said, no. I mean, it's you can't change your book. I mean, it's yeah. I hated it. It was really terrible work. And it, and it's yeah. And it was just so hard to kind of it just to be objective because I, uh, you know, I found myself wanting to just correct everything I found wrong. <laughs> I was just like, mm -hmm. Oh, that's a, that was a bad idea. You know, when I wrote that five years ago, but, um, but it's just too much. It just, it, it messed with my head on so many levels and yeah. Mm. It's, and I never knew, you know, I never knew that. Like when I hear actors go, Oh, I can never watch my films. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want to watch your film when you're at the, the Cannes film festival, you know? And, mm. and then mm. now it's just like, now I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the work is done. The work, the hmm. hard, painstaking, those awful nights when you couldn't figure it out. And then when you got a shot the next morning and. But I think it's the same when you build like model railroads or something. I mean, these people, they say it's, it's fun to build the whole thing, but once it's finished, it's not interesting anymore. And then you can actually throw it away or Lego or whatever. The, the, the interesting thing is doing the stuff not not oh yeah it watching it right right do, do you ever do lego no well i did it as a little kid <laughs> yeah 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 
And but that's... the fun part is the doing, the, the putting it together, not not the having it. Right. But it's like, but if I see if I built a piece of furniture that was like a chair that I like really liked and had just the right amount of green leather upholstery on it, and I, I created a, a reading chair. I think I would want to sit in that and, and I would like yeah, sure. hold my head proud in a way. Yeah, right, right, you're right. Or if you do, I'm, I'm cooking a lot. So if you do, if you cook, you want to eat your stuff. Right. And I would, and, and I would be insufferable because everyone who came to my place would be like, they would be like, Hey, Tony, I'd be like, did you see this sit in this chair? Did you see this chair? And they'd be like, we know about the chair. We know you built it. We saw your Instagram photos. Stop talking about the goddamn (laughs) chair, you know, (laughs) but, but with like, but with like a book, right. You know, I even have the DVDs of the film that came out and I still haven't opened them. They're still shrink wrap Mm. because I'm not going to watch it. I watched it mm. at, the, at the screening once, and then I was just like, I can't watch it again. It's too much. Mm. Yeah. You think that's no. maybe, what's that? Mm? No. I think, do you think that's maybe because um, we're, we're, we get in too deep with our heads? Because we got to work on this stuff really hard, where it's just like, it almost feels. Yeah. yeah and, and very often, I mean, very often you're already working on something else. So, so right. The, the book that interests me is always the book I'm writing on, not the one I already wrote, because there I, I can't change it anymore. So it's not really fun to think about it, because then you just see the, the mistakes you made. Or, and, 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 and many people, many writers say that you only write one book in your, in your career. In a way, all your books make one book. It's always going on and going on and going on. So, so uh, the interesting thing is what happens now, not what happened ten years ago. Yeah. You might. I mean, if I do a reading now from this book, seven years, who came out in two thousand nine, I might think that was a nice scene. I did a, a good job there. But that's not. It's not interesting. It's just uh, a short moment of. Not even happiness, maybe uh, of yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, well, being in front of an audience is kind of jarring in its own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's and like... especially with this book, that my translator wanted me to read the really the, the tough scenes, the quite cruel scenes, and I said no, I won't read them because it's it's just I can't read them to students. I even. Before I started reading, I, I excused myself for my text. I said, listen, these guys are really treating this moment badly. And I know that you shouldn't do that, especially as a student. I mean, so excuse my characters. They are assholes. Some of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I, they, they were quite happy to do that. And then that's what they want to read. That's what they want yeah. to read. Well, my translator said that's fine. They can take it. I mean, they are tough, tough students. But, but still, I mean, you don't want to to shock them. Hmm. No, I I kind of like shocking people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I like it too. But not when I'm on stage and they are actually opposite of me, and I, I <laughs> see their faces, and then they look at me and they think, "What an asshole <laughs> this guy is!" And and why did they? Why did he write that? And Mm. Especially yeah. today, when students are so aware of how, yeah, political correctness and and stuff. 
Do, do you feel like when you, do you feel like when you're writing now you that you have that in mind? I mean, I do. I have that in mind where um where I'm like, "Oh man, this is not this wouldn't this is not going to play in today's culture." But what yeah. I do is I go deeper. And then I make I make it worse and then I try to and then I'm like so, but I what how how do you work on that? Yeah, I I'm aware of it and I think well that might be a problem but then I can't change it. I mean yeah, I'm not my character. So if they if they do something wrong, it's not me who's doing it. And I my my second last book, somebody called it a anti-feminist book, and my last book, somebody called it an anti-male book. So I'm I'm against both sides, which is wow. probably a good position. I'm against men and against women. That's, they that's they what... say I'm not, but they say that. Yeah. But, and, but at the end of the day we kind of have to be against humanity when we're bringing when we're working on these characters, because we're, we're diving into the flaw, the, the, the flaws of people that people don't look, get to look, don't look at constantly. And we're putting it into a small tincture drama yeah. story. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's people. It's, it's not, it's, I'm not saying you should be like that. It's just one person that I describe. It's one story. And, and this guy did something wrong. That's, why the book is interesting if he did everything right the book would be an extremely boring thing but i'm not saying this is how you should uh, treat your your next people or your your wife or your children right and in you know even when we look at like com- comedy films and we see the we see the main character doing all these things they're usually being very awful in a co- in a comedic way or even, or yeah. even if we look at like someone like Larry David, who does Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he's—I don't know if you've watched the show, but he's—he's hmm. he's constantly insulting people left and right. But that's not him in real life. It's—he's yeah, yeah. and and but he, but he does, you know, it's 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 maybe that like first thought in our head when someone gets mad at us and we're like, wouldn't it be nice if they were just dead? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you're like, and then you're like, oh wait a second, that's a bad thought. I wish. <laughs> But, mm, but mm. when, but when I'm writing, I go, oh, that's a good thought. Let's stick with that. <laughs> mm. I don't know if you do. And that. sometimes, and sometimes characters just do things where you think, what a terrible thing to do, but it's such a great idea. I mean, I remember a guy uh, having sex with a woman and then actually paying her money. And I said, no, don't do that. I mean, she's not a, a prostitute, but, but he wanted to give her money and, and it was a great idea for the book. It was a, a bad idea for the guy, but but he did it anyway. And uh, I I kept it in the book. I didn't want to change that. And and when you when we put our characters in those situations, what's interesting is how they get out of those situations, or what what's the effects of those situations yeah. for the later. Scenes. Yeah. And I think what what they learn from the situation, and if if you just show the. Uh, behavior their bad behavior maybe that's not yeah maybe that's wouldn't be a good book but but if you somehow if they somehow learn that this is not good or whatever i mean yeah which is they, do our work and, and the readers do their work and, and right yeah. and even if they don't learn they get consequences so that's kind of the yeah, fun yeah. the fun of working through these characters and seeing mm. you know letting them yeah your characters have to be bad so um but so you've been anti-feminist and anti-male on your books. Mm. What, what? 
I, I love that. I love that. I never wrote of... about against animal rights. I think so. That's <laughs> I'm gonna, still fine with animals. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to harm animals in your next book. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there is a there is a killing a chicken in my next book. Oh, great! Yeah, it's I'm not actually killed. It's just a thought she might kill a chicken, but okay. she doesn't do it. Finally, yeah. So good. The, mm-hmm. And and then you could at the very end of the book you could say animals were harmed during the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I killed a chicken throughout this book <laughs> no not just one you got to kill like five in order to get the experience and understand it and understand what was going on in her head and then right I think that didn't Alice Cooper kill chickens on stage <laughs> did he I think so yeah I think so yeah crazy guy. Yeah. Wow. That's um. Yeah. That's a statement. See, that's a statement there. That's that's quite mm. a statement. Sometimes, yeah. if you're killing a chicken on stage, maybe your music's not up to snuff to to bring the audience in. If you have to go that theatrical, maybe you better become a better musician. Yeah. No. Where well, did he's you? Dead. Isn't What's he? that? Alice, Alice Cooper? Cooper is dead anyway. Is he? Huh. I, I don't. Maybe. Well, that- that's our know. homework. Google, Google Ice Cooper. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when the, when this comes out, uh, the the people will be like, yeah, of course he's dead. Or they'll be like, what are these dumb guys thinking that he's dead for? Which is great. Mm-hmm. And then and then it'll be, how do we get out of this situation? Well, we can't now because we're not Googling now. So we'll find out mm-hmm. later and we'll either feel triumphant at our knowledge or absolutely ashamed. Or you just cut that piece from the... No, you don't do that. You're right. <laughs> You're an honest podcaster. No, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy not being totally smart about everything. It's fun. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Wait, where did you grow up? Uh, near Lake Constance. You it, well, you don't know where that is. You, it, it, <laughs> yeah. How do you look? The, it, it, how do you like the look of my eyes? That that all I did was <laughs> my eyes went big. Well, and I, <laughs> Well, it's it's a it's a, a huge lake between Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. So I, I grew up close to the border of Austrian border, mainly German border, and it's in the northeast of Switzerland. It's an apple region. We do lots of apples, strawberries. It's it's a very f- farming farming place. Sounds gorgeous. What's it? What's it? What was it like growing up there? It was fine. I mean, I, I grew up in a village of nine thousand people. But we had a marketplace, and it was a it was a, like a local center for the the farmers who lived around. So it was fine. It was you knew everybody, and and uh, yeah, it was calm. It's not really mountainous. There are hills and and lots of forest, and as I said, apple trees. Not very interesting, but but it was good good to grow up there. Did, and the the people like are people proud of uh, you? Uh... Of you as a writer coming out of that town? I was very touched a few years ago. They named a small, not a road, but a, a like a path yeah. after me. Oh my God, you got usually, the... usually you only do that when people are dead. And I told them you shouldn't do that because I could still, well, fuck up or do right. terrible things. But but they wanted to do that. And, and so I was very, very happy. Yeah. Did you go there? Have you been there since it's named after you? Yeah, yeah. I was at the inauguration. They did a, a big thing. I never actually walked 
the, the path because I was so ashamed to, <laughs> I mean, I, I imagined if anybody would see me there, they would think, what a prick, I mean, who, who actually walks his way and say, this is my, this is Peter Stamvik. So oh, I never walked it, but it's, it's I along would... a, a little, uh, a little uh, river. Wow. Nice. I, I like water. I, you, how do you, you, you got you got the street named after you. I know, I know you're calling it a path. It's not a I'm street. calling it a street. Let's let's just okay, make it let's a call street. It a street. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, that's fantastic. I got to call. Touched. I, yeah, I got to call up my hometown and see when they would do that. I bet they, they, mm. they the library and then I you know I grew up in a small suburb of San Francisco where they're like, mm. who are you? We don't care, and that's essentially um, <laughs> the whole thing. It's they like, could they could call the like the elementary school, Tony Shane School, for your gifted gifted children or something. I would love that, or for the mm -hmm. ungifted, Tony Duchesne for the for the, <laughs> okay. for the for the for the ungifted who aren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> writers though. Exactly. <laughs> And then where? And then where do? You, and where do you go from there? Like, what? What do you do when you leave town? Did you? Did you have a play? You? Did you like? You, could you like? You were like, I can't wait to get out of this town. Like most kids, I want to go somewhere where it's like real. Or, um, no, it was actually by accident. I I, I wanted to to do more studies, and and then I got an offer to go to Paris. I did a. a an apprenticeship as an accountant first because I didn't first I didn't want to go to school anymore so when I was an accountant I was looking for a job and then they offered me a job in Paris as a bookkeeper so I went from this small village to a, a town of nine million people and uh, lived in Paris for a year which I think actually made me a writer because it was such a such a cultural shock to me to come to this huge city also at that time now paris is a very friendly friendly uh, city but at that time it was quite gray and and unfriendly and i was lonely and the beginning i suffered a lot and then after a while i i loved it so that's uh, that was a very very important year for me i was like I, when i went there i was 19 and when i came back i was 20. huh what was what was some of the um situations do you remember like situations when you've just felt really lonely or and you're just like why why did blank happen yeah i mean no i think i i just started writing at that time oh okay S seriously because i i had nobody to talk to before that i had like friends and, and was going out all the time but but in paris i i had friends in paris but but i also started to write and, and i realized that the world is very big and, and that i'm very small and i mean there was this feeling in, in in the village you're you're very comfortable you're you're in a society that everybody knows you and you know everybody but, but in paris i was nobody and that somehow taught me that i have to if i want to be somebody i have to do something you can't just uh wait interesting hmm. and, and was that your first time in paris too or had you been have you visited uh, when, i had when been you there for but only for a few days with my parents yeah. and my, my sister mm -hmm. it's so different to visit a place and then to go live in it and go day to day yeah yeah but i had a time of my life i mean i i went to the cinema 80 times in that year and i went to I, I saw Jet Baker at a concert and I mean all kinds of jazz concerts and 
so I, I did a lot of things there, but, but uh, yeah, I think it made me, uh, I ate seafood for the first time in my life. I, uh, I bought my first aftershave and uh, I really grew up in Paris. What, what brand of aftershave do you remember? Yeah, it was called Jules. I think it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't use aftershave anymore, but, but at that time it was a, a friend taught me that I had to have one. And, and, uh. <laughs> and I think, I think that's the big thing with like, you know, young men where it's like when you walk down the street behind a group of young men going to a club, all, all I smell is just terrible aftershave, just aftershave yeah. clash. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to mate and you're trying to find a woman, but this is, this is just, this is embarrassing us all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't use that much, I think. And it, it, it was like a cinnamon uh, thing. It was quite okay. I, I think I still like the smell. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't use aftershave. So yeah. I, yeah. At, at some point you realize that the natural body odor is what's attractive about us. Yeah. 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 Much better. Yeah. We can, it, it, and that's something, you know, there's just something that we had like during lockdowns and pandemic and stuff, we lost how to, we lost smelling each other because we mm. were all on zoom, you know, where we lose those senses. And then, and then now you kind of back out in the world and it's like, oh, it, the brain's kind of clicking back where it's just like, Oh wait, I'm smelling different people. I mean, even though we don't really mm. realize it, there the senses are kind of hmm. you know it's like oh wow i'm great i'm grateful that you smell awful because I have, yeah. <laughs> because at least i'm <laughs> getting i can touch you and i can i right. mean like the texture and yeah yeah and when i'm in line at the pharmacy and touching people they're like sir you couldn't do that before covid you shouldn't do it now and i'm like oh that's yeah, yeah that's right that's right <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm st i'm still learning mm -hmm. i'm still learning yeah yeah i could have told you that actually <laughs> <laughs> i needed you there before they arrested me what um it, it, that's you know when i was that i love that you found that when you went to paris because when i was young and writing i thought i was writing the best I, I i was a little arrogant kid you know and i thought it was mm -hmm. i was like oh I, this is going to get published soon I'm, i'll be published in a year and little did i know it no it's more than a decade after you start writing that you mm -hmm. know that, mm -hmm. but did you you didn't have that that part yeah, of you i did when, i did Okay. I think when you when you start you you're going up and down all the it's like a what's these rides and in, in front parks a, uh, a roller coaster yeah yeah where you think one day you think you're the greatest author in the world and, and the next day you think you're you shit and 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 it goes up and down and then the older I get the more I know that I'm not a complete failure but I also know that I'm a genius so so I'm somewhere in between which is fine I just yeah. do my work I don't I don't think much about whether I'm good or not, I just do my work. Oh, that's good. That's a good place to be. Yeah. I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't think all the time. Am I good? Am I bad? What, how important am I? How unimportant? It's just, just do your work as everybody does his work. I mean, the baker and, and the butcher and <clears throat> politicians, they all do their work and, and, and somebody else might judge if you're good at what you do. Right. And, 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 that, and maybe that's because, yeah, when I, when I'm mostly when I'm having, you know, writing, there's some bad writing days, but on good writing days, I do kind of feel like a God in a way, but then I put the writing aside 
and then I realize I'm nothing and I'm and, and that's when it's sad is when I'm not in the middle of working I guess when, mm, uh, mm. when you're just kind of wandering around town looking at the sky going who am I and what do I do how do I yeah. exist yeah and I, I I found that I I really have to take my mo motivation out of my work and not out of some success I might have someday it's really all about having fun doing your work yeah and that's when I because I I had to wait for such a long time to publish my first book that I I couldn't trust being successful. So I, I finally just said, well, I just write what I like to write and, and do it as good as I can. And then success might come or might not come. I mean, there were times when I thought I will never publish a book. Um, yeah. And then after, and then after you have a, a book or two published, when you come out a new book, do you kind of get back to those feelings where it's just like, no, that last one might've been the end. That, that might've been the last one. Actually, no, I don't know why, but I, I never had that. Well, the, the good thing is before I published my first novel, I had already written some short stories. Mm -hmm. So the, my second book, my second book was a, a collection of short stories where I used some that I had written before my first novel. So I already had my, my second book almost done when, my first came out and that's what I do now. I mean, my last book in Germany came out in August and I, I've almost finished my next book already because I started that in spring half a year before my new book came out. So I, I try to always have a, a book started before I publish a, another one. Yeah, that's a good way to so go. I'm const constantly writing and, and uh, publishing is not really that important to me anymore. Right. Unless they stop giving you the checks. Yeah, but the checks come <laughs> after publication anyway. So it's not it's not that I stay, I finished a book, it's published. What do I do now? But it's, right. I finished a book, I start a new one. One book is published, I'm already in the middle of the next one. Even when you get bad critics, then you can always say, well, next book will be much better. And, and, uh, right. And you, and you start writing with your like, you're like you're carving into paper when you get a bad uh, review, right? For a day or two. Yeah. And you're, then you're like, all right, yeah. all right, all right, I'm back. And mm. what, what's your, what's your writing routine? I mean, do you have a routine where you, where you set aside time every day or how does that work? Well, I, usually I, I go to my writing place. Or I, I call it my office, but it's more like a, how would you call it? Atelier or whatever. Like my, yeah. Uh, in the morning when, when the kids have left the house and then I just work from maybe 8 to 12, 1 o'clock, actually writing. And in the afternoon, I, I do all the other things that I have to do, like bookkeeping and answering emails and, and organizing stuff. So I, I, I never write more than four to five hours a day. Yeah. It's like I can't concentrate for longer. Right. And it's enough that I mean... It, it takes me about one year, one and a half years to write a book, which is which is fine. I mean, I don't have to be quicker. Right. What was it like when you had kids? Did that shift your writing? Uh, shift your writing schedule? Did you have a different writing schedule before you had kids? Not really. I had a friend once uh, who had children long before me, and he said uh, maybe I've, I'll write one book less because of my children in my life and, and it's absolutely worth it. I mean, it's not, I have less time to write since I have kids. Now they're almost grown, but it, it's so much enriching 
to my life and to my whole philosophy and, and so I, I I think I would write much I write much better books since I have kids I would say mm. because they they somehow it taught me things to have children yeah so now I need to have kids to become a better writer is the is the well maybe a dog would do <laughs> <laughs> or even a cat or a pigeon or a chicken maybe <laughs> you're looking at me going you're not father material i don't think <laughs> no 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 no. i would never dare to, to say that <laughs> no i mean but in a way everything you do and everything you go through yeah. helps you in your work if you if you get sick if you whatever i mean it always i, I remember when i had to go to the hospital when i was 20 i, I had a, a broken leg and the first thing I thought was, oh, how interesting. I've never been to the hospital. So so I'll, I'll make a new experience, which will help me in my writing. So children is, having children is like one experience that, that changed a lot. And I guess having a dog or, or whatever, whatever happens to you yeah. is, is, is good for your writing. I'll get a three-legged dog. This. Hmm? I'll get a three-legged dog so just so I can. That's wonderful. That's the... <laughs> But you, you know, there's a great point there that when tragedy, you know, not not that kids are tragedy, but going to the hospital is a tragedy. But when ha when tragedy does happen, we get to mine it later for for how we got out of the tragedy. It's it it, it enriches yeah. us. It's I have gratitude for things in my life that were that I had to do years of therapy for, but I've they've ended up in my writing, and it it's, yeah yeah I have to go kind of go, oh my god i'm grateful that that happened that's terrible but how cool at the same time mm -hmm. it's also a way of of making bad things somehow good things i mean taking out the good thing out of the bad thing yeah i i the, the book i'm just writing on uh it's about the writer and i decided Last June, I decided that the writer will die in the book. And he's loosely based on myself, obviously. So I let him die in the book. And, and a, a month later, I got really sick for the first time in my life. So I thought, damn it, I should have, shouldn't have done that to him. And, but in a way, it helped me a lot to, to describe his sickness. Because I, I actually, I was afraid of, I could, I mean, I've, finally, it wasn't really that bad, but, but for a moment I had, I was afraid that I might die from that sickness. So in a way I could use that experience for the book and it helped me, which is a bit cruel, but the, yeah. So now, now I'm cruel to myself. <laughs> right, right. Peter was harmed during the writing of this book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Peter, thank you for coming on the show. This has been fun. Well, it's fun. Yeah. Thank you. Peter Stamm on Drinks with Tony. Check out his new book, It's Getting Dark, translated from German by Michael Hoffman. Next week on the show, we have Andrew Cotto talking about his new book, Pasta Mike. Keep reading, keep writing, keep offending sensitivity editors. Explode their Puritan brains with your transgressions. I'll see you next week. You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.
beauty tender glow extinguished the sky dull from a breeze ghostly the dawn without its rent uncanny strange to our nature the light like lead ripped in the dark Really, 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 really. 